LAS. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. Hey y'all, Alan here. We're so excited to share this next leg of our journey with you. If you want to keep up with all things Myria, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Myths of Myria. If you enjoy the show, consider sharing it with your friends, or if you have the time, reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us is a great way to show your support. If you want to show us even more support, though, head on over to lasmediagroup.com and sign up for LAS Plus, which comes with a whole mess of bonus content, ad-free episodes, post-show wrap-ups, and more. Thank you so much again for sharing the precious pieces of your time with us. And without further ado, welcome to Myria. The deep dark depths in a podcast studio located in the heart of Cedar Rapids. There were two nerds sitting in a room, sweating profusely, talking about video games. And they were me, Craig Johnson, and me, Jackson Parker. And we are so excited to welcome you to our brand new video game podcast, Gaming Through the Generations. Locally produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network, every other Thursday, we'll take one game and deep dive into the past, present, and future of that IP. We'll also play fun mini-games on the show and fight to the death for our very lives! What now? And fight to the death for our very lives! Fight, fight like the, the death, 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 death? Like a, like a real... Like a very real... That was actually, that was Logan's one stipulation. It had to be real, visceral, physical death. Huh. Gaming through the generations! New episodes every other Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcasts. To support our show and creators just like us, subscribe to LAS Plus. And for more information on that, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com slash plus. Is that it? That's it. I'm getting a nod. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Should we go play Smash? I want to go play Smash. Yeah, 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 let's go play Smash! Let's go play Smash! Bandak, Lilith, Val. From behind the dragon, you hear a gravelly voice scrape your ears as it rounds the body. It takes a drag off a cigarette. <sighs> Luck, death, and destiny. What a group. The most prominent thing you see as this form rounds the corner is a downturned white flat top hat with a single black ribbon resting on the brim. Equidistantly, roughly every few inches or so, you see a golden cord hanging from the outermost brim of the hat, dangling almost a half a foot down and terminating in roughly inch-wide opaline spheres. Attached to this hat, you see a tall, lithe, humanoid being, completely made of darkness, pitch black, and unseeable. It's almost as if you look into the negation of something, instead of looking at nothing. You look for identity markers anywhere else on the body, and just as you start looking, this creature, this being, looks up. 
And from under the brim of this downturned hat, you see a cigarette that seems to be wafting slow rising smoke that sits under this flat-topped hat for far too long, the wide brim keeping it down. As this being turns their head up towards you more, you see now that the smoke coming from the cigarette is unending and torrential as it wafts off the cigarette. It gets caught on the brim of the hat, churning into different forms. Most of the smoke finds its way out from under the hat as tendrils of smoke get caught between the gold cording. But some of it wraps together on the left side of their face, forming a crude representation of a single eye. I haven't seen someone up here in years. Glad someone was finally able to make it. He looks down at you, Bandak. Tough go. I'm going to stand up. And are the are Lilith and Val within arm's reach of me? Lilith would still be Lilith, holding your hand. Yeah. Right. And Val, I think, was standing next to you, talking to you as you fell to your knees. I'm just yeah. going to instinctively pull both of them behind me, so I'm standing between whatever this thing is yeah. and them. Um, <laughs> Val gets a flash, a familiar feeling yeah. as this happens. Sure. Um, and he pulls a card. It slides it behind his back. Okay. And is this voice at all familiar to me? Incredibly so. Oh, man. Um, it's, it's, so, it's so familiar, but like, the more you think about it, you've never heard it before. It's so, it's incredibly familiar. Okay. It's so weird. And you look into this face and it's almost like you can't really see anything, but the eye feels like you've seen it before. Lilith, Val, it's the same thing for you. It's so, the voice feels familiar, but it's not right. It's almost like it's uncomfortable. Lilith, specifically for you, it's, it's weird because whenever people die, you can really latch in to how they feel, right? They, they look at you with these eyes that have come to the end of all things for them. And when you stare into this smoke that just churns up into one left eye, you see it there. But it's not, there's no, there's no pupil, there's no iris, there's nothing, but you see it there. He looks down, or he looks at you, Bandag. He's about the same height as you. Mm -hmm. Very tall, very lithe, holding up, grasping at the cigarette in the front of his mouth, pulling it down, instinctively flicking off something from it, and this, like, stardust just <laughs> flicks off of his cigarette. He pulls it back up and puts it back in his mouth, and he just says, No need to be afraid. You won. You finally found your way to the top. You're the first one in a very long time. Well, technically, all of you have completed the challenge. What now? Well, hmm. Completing the tower offers you a single wish of your own desire. 
anything you want, within reason. Now, unfortunately for you, big man, these two <coughs> technically got to the top and finished the final trial at the same time you did. Even though you did all the work, they technically did all that was required, and they get the same say in the reward. Those are the rules. So what's your wish? Glances between the three of you. Val looks at um, our new friend and she says, More wishes. <laughs> Tell me anything you want, and I'll send you anywhere you want to go. Wishes are shadows waiting to become a curse. All depends on how you frame them. I like your cinnabar. He looks down at them all. Tigdug, Ugor, Paku, Olach, Hekendo, Shadbak, Turj, Shazob, Sugigoth, Vrektag. He cannot re- he he obviously is just looking at them and he can like see them all and he cannot he you obviously know that some of them are in the back he could not possibly read them mm-hmm. Lilith he looks at you Kelly Peters Ileana Bush Sophie Gibson Elise Bradshaw and as he starts going through all these names you remember these are the most recent people that you ferried Giselle Woodward, Taryn, and Trincy Softsong. Who are you? I am at the end of many things. I am the amalgamation of everyone who has died here. And I am the amalgamation of everyone who, in my presence, those people have seen die. Everyone you've ever seen, I have their memories. Every one of you. And he looks between you, Lilith, Bundog, Val, Orion, Villivar, 867. And I'm not really sure how many I can count during the attack on Ebonvale. It was a lot. It was. Um, I can think of many things that I would wish for, but I don't feel it is my place to say. Well, I got a couple of rules for you, but I'm only going to let you know what they are if you stumble upon them. I like hearing what you really want. And what you'll settle for. There is a book in the great library that tells of a wish. And the wish is to bring back a dead loved one. 
the story ends in pain and disaster. How's the luck been going? He looks over towards you, Val. I'm sorry, the, the luck? How's the luck been going? Well, I did get shot three times and die, but I am here, so kind of a mixed bag. When you look at everything, do you feel accomplishment? <laughs> no. I honestly was suspecting a different answer, but perhaps you understand your situation more than I thought you did. You look lost. He looks at Lilith. You don't make any sense. Yeah, to people like you, to your friend, Naomi, I don't make very much sense at all. Things don't always have to make sense to exist. Things are... Some things are undeniable, even in the face of factual reasons for them not to be. Can your eyes be undone in this moment? All the things you've learned, are they real? Have you been given the correct instruction by the people that you call home? I don't understand. He pulls the cigarette down. You see smoke billow from under his hat. An exceeding level just and then recedes back and he flicks the cigarette again and puts it back in his mouth. You don't have to understand. You just have to tell me what you want. What do you really want, Lilith? Or is the answer just not even good enough? As you come here, sitting in this space, I offer you anything you want. Are you telling me that what you've been doing, all of the actions you've been doing, are you telling me you don't have a good enough reason for betraying your people? You don't have anything you want for doing that? I betrayed no one. Perhaps it should be luck, lies, and destiny. Leatheth is going to break eye contact and hide behind this giant friend. All right. I don't have all day. Well, I have all the time in the world, but I have other things I'd like to do. Well, I want two things. I want to know where my friends are and go help them. And I want to crush the Varro and that Vintner, I believe was his name. Yeah, I said one. So three is not really. Oh, then the, I'll wish for more wishes so we can accomplish multiple. Rule number one. Oh, uh, okay. You stumbled in. Don't try to fuck me over here. <laughs> What about you? 
Bandak. Knower of lost knowledge, carrier of more weight than your own. What do you want? As you stand here carrying that, all those names, what do you really bring with you? What wants do you finally, finally wish to achieve, coming all the way here to the top of everything? Don't lie to me. No, something's not right. Speak. A wish granted is not. Don't tell me your wish then. Just tell me what you want. Tell me what you're here for. You owe me that after coming all the way through my domain. What do you want to happen here? End of destiny, end of everything. Where are you going? I thought I would end here. Maybe you're the one with bad luck. Now I don't know what to do. But a wish is not accomplishment. Whatever your victory here, your things that you accomplish, whatever you find in this end, the wish is not the destiny. Contemplate that how you will. The wish is just the cushion. It's the participation prize. You've already found it. do we have for this wish? Can we put it in a bottle and walk away with it? No. I'm going to stand here and I'm going to hand you a wish. And then I'm going to send you somewhere. Right now. Well, perfect. You have the next ten minutes. I know where I want to go. So that's already basically part of my wish. I have nowhere to go, so I will go with you. I can't go home. Oh, well, that's one thing settled. Um, you must understand we just kind of met, so we're kind of balancing things out. He l- kind of looks around him, and he opens his arms wide, and he says, Do you know where you are? This is the Tower of Destiny. I know that you just met. The intent is that you do, and that you find yourselves here. This is the base of the branch. Where do the leaves fall? What do we do with the wish? You're saying this towards your other friends? Yeah. We get to make a wish and we get to go somewhere? Two different things. Did you really? So you don't think the wish will bring back your friend? Or it will, but it'll do it wrong. You don't meddle with death. You don't meddle with death. See, they work, he knows. 
He knows well. Well, then, I would like power to get back at the people I need to get back to. Revenge will do you no good either. No, no, no. To get back to the people I need to get back to. Not at the people I need to get back at. That is different. It is different. I do think they... He looks at, at our new friend. Yeah. I do think they coincide slightly, so, you know. But there is definitely a difference between just vengeance and my my friends. Who, based on the situation I left them in, might not be doing so well currently. Justice. Justice. That's what I want. I can get behind that. What tools do you need for justice? Where have you found this desire for justice now? Two minutes have passed and your drive changes incredibly. Look at me when I'm talking to you. You do not need to answer to him, friend. I also don't believe that justice comes from a wish. You asked me what I wanted. I told you. That's fair enough. What tools can you get from justice? For justice? Knowledge. You want more knowledge? More things to know? That once they're lost, you can mourn more? Specific knowledge. What one? What ones? What things? I want to know who killed my people. Now that, that I can answer. I'm behind it. I know where to start finding mine, so. Why are you looking at me? You see him kind of flick the cigarette as Bandog gives this answer, and he puts it back in his mouth, and you swear for a second the smoke wafts off just to the side of this shade's face, and it's almost like for half of a second the smoke forms a smile as it billows away under the hat. We're in this together. Together? I... I really can't go back, can I? Can I, white hat man? I think you could. I know you know you could. But I see you. I've seen hundreds like you. You're really no different than the mortals that I've seen. All that pent-up frustration and confusion in you. It doesn't subside. It'll be there. When you finally meet me again, it'll be there. I have no desire to see your face ever again. I don't think you really have a choice. No one really does. I I never seem to be far too different in personality. And at the end of all things... It seems, in death, 
most people end up the same. I will go with you only if it is to get away from this thing. You did all the work. Do you want to know? He glances over at Bandag, tilts his head. The baubles on his hat kind of just list to the side as he kind of tilts it, trying to perceive what's going on in your mind as you think. It all feels like such a trap. (laughs) There's give and take to everything. I've given enough. Then what's left to lose? If everything rode here, if everything in this tower was supposed to be the end, then what's the price of a little bit more information? What if I ask for what you want? Then I give. I don't know how that would make a difference. I want to know who killed my people. Is that it? That's the wish? Say yes or no. That way I know to confirm. Yes. The ones who killed your people in the the Battle of Lost Knowledge. They're known as the Nachtwanderer. <laughs> Val begins laughing. Dude, that is not appropriate what are you doing right now. Uh, Destiny's funny. He looks back at the... Those people are led by a man named Field Marshal Vintner. There are many of them. The ones that specifically came were trained for assassination and espionage. Vintner did not attend. However, they knew everything about the inside. They're from Levitica. Oddly enough, Levitica is supposed to be an ally to the Krieg. Your home for anybody you want to, who wants to know. And he looks over at Lilith and Val. That knowledge, your history, the death poems, for them, it was worth every ounce of blood. Seems we have a common enemy. Speak for yourselves. <laughs> I don't know. He kind of like holds his hand to his chest and he says, maybe for them. And he offers a, a kind of a gesture towards you, but he says, if I'm all of your enemy, I would say you do have a common one. Not many people like death. He turns back to the both of you, um, Val, Bandag, and he says, Lucky for both of you, 
there's a way to kill two Leviticans with one stone in Ebonvale. Two Leviticans. It's a phrase. I was just trying to insert your challenges into it. Got The Vero are at Ebonvale. Levitica has just moved with the Nachtvandra into Ebonvale. So I could send you there. Or I could send you anywhere. That's where I'd like to go. I have contacts there. Be a really good place to start. What do I know of the Nachtvandra? The Nachtvandra. Nachtvandra. Yeah, it's uh, in German. It's uh, it's actually yeah Nachtwanderer. Yeah, yeah. Night, it's, it's oh, night wanderers. Night okay. wanderers. Yep. Uh, and so um, it is uh, of them. You you know uh, pretty much nothing, right? They um, specifically um, uh, actually, uh, if you ask the, the shade what that is, mm-hmm. they will tell you. Okay. So just as a little bit of meta knowledge for for you understanding. So if you ask him, he will tell you. Yeah. Okay. So I will do that then. Okay. Who are the Nachvander? They are the secret, secret intelligence officers of all of Levitica. If you ever go to Levitica and you ask some of the children about the ghost stories, the boogeyman stories that their parents tell them, it's almost always the Nachtwanderer. For good reason. They've sent fair, fair many people to this one. Yeah, Lilith, you know that the Nachtwanderer, like, th- there are important people that get sent to you because the Nachtwanderer take them out to stop these political gains that try and creep into Levitica. Like, there will be people, like, you know, there's a Levitican embassy in every city, in, in, in most of the world, right? Some cities really don't want that to happen. The Nachtwanderer are sent into at that point, if it gets really tough, like assassinate political, like dis- like people who are well, dissenting Lilith against knows them. About the yeah, but but I'm just trying to like yeah. I'm trying to add context and things like that because yeah. like these will be people who will assassinate the people in that government or in that body that try and stop them from installing embassies and then having a portal to that city. Right. So they're Russians. <laughs> okay. In a way, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, uh, they basically will will uh, will try and. Um, go in and assassinate these people to further political gains and to make sure that they have a foothold in every place they can to be able to move around in secret to all these places and have a modicum of control in not just one location in this entire uh, country that they have in the West, um, but everywhere. Um, And it is everyone who ever comes to you after that, they're terrified all the time. They are responsible for a lot of death. Yeah. They aren't always known by the people of Levitica, but they are ghosts. They are invisible. They are dangerous. They are... They are easily swept under the rug in political conversations. Even if you go to the Krieg and you tell them that it was them, no one's ever heard of them. 
besides those who directly have that information. Real enough, Del. Trust me on that. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Dabinvale. He looks at all of you and he just says, I hope you're all finding what you're looking for. I'm excited to see you all again. Let this be until next time. Instead of goodbye. What's your name? Death. He just kind of, it looks like he's about to say something and he just kind of cocks his head and like the bobbles on his hat tilt with the way that he does so and he just says, probably the best one ever anyone's ever given me. We'll see him again. Everyone does. And he takes his cigarette and he flicks it one more time. And as he does so, this stardust evaporates around all of you. It engulfs the entirety of your forms as this shifting, swirling nebula of spark and fire whips around all of you. And as you are encompassed by this, you find yourselves standing in the center of a thoroughfare, feet on stone. You look up, the rings are in a different spot. There are people around you. And it's like that. You're back in Evanville. the Groove Live Podcast, everybody. What is groove, you may ask? It can be summed up so easily. Like... I mean, some people brew beer. Some people, fish, like, play music. A good sticky they rice. They like to go fishing. They like to dance. They like to eat sauce. They like to eat butter sauce. Dreams. Spaghetti sauce. Drawing sauce. Barbecue sauce. Dry, say, I think I already said that one. Oh. You're a griller. <laughs> Everyone's a fucking griller. Spearing. Spearing? What the hell is spirit? There's nothing better than just sitting outside on my swing in front of my house with my beautiful wife, having a nice glass of red vino, and watching the sun go down. Now that's groove. I kind of said that with an Italian accent because, I don't know, try and say vino with no accent. It's not possible. The Groove Life Podcast is produced and distributed by the LAS Media Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, visit GrooveLifePod.com. You can also get bonus content, extended interviews, and ad-free versions of the show, as well as benefits throughout the community and across the network by subscribing to LAS Plus. For more information, visit LASMediaNetwork.com slash plus. The Groove Life comes out every other Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Okay. Ready? 
Yeah. Hey, I'm Sarah Van Cleve, a biracial single mom adoptee raised by an all-white family. And I'm Caleb Scales, a proud gay man, restaurant savant, who will make the best flipping margarita you've ever had. And this is Othered, a podcast for those who feel different. Each episode, we'll be having conversations about racism, homophobia, holistic health, drinking, sex, drugs, yoga, 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 yoga. Yogurt. (laughs) This podcast comes out every Thursday for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. If you want bonus episodes, ad-free listening, discounts at our live events, and exclusive access to merch, then subscribe to LAS Plus. Go to LASpodcastnetwork.com slash plus to get started. I'm so excited that I get to do this with you, Sarah. I'm so excited that I get to do this with you, Kayla. Oh my God, I love that for us. I feel like I'm trying too hard now. You are, but I like it. Uh, ooh. Ooh. Caleb. Spicy. <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> L-A-S. Shadow. Her. Abaddon. There has been some writing. There has been some recovering. A little bit of jovialness has sneakily made its way into your day you are still in the cottage and you have taken some time for yourselves what else would you like to do am I done writing oh yeah you're done writing your stuff down yes okay, okay. yeah Mechanically, for everybody out there, what spells have you written down for your I level up? I wanted to do a demonstration. Oh, oh okay, so they okay, could okay. Find yeah, out. do your do your level up demonstration. Bruh, bruh. Well, I have to ask nicely. Okay. To cast spells, I was gonna do a whole role play bit. Okay, fine. But then do you expose me? Do your whole role play bit. Mm-hmm. Don't let me like you know ruin your fun. Do your you're, thing, girl. You're not. I'm just. I'm just giving you a hard time, <laughs> as I am known to do. <laughs> Can you what narrate you us in a little bit? Yeah, you you sit there and you finish writing in your book. You both, as you are conversating throughout the, the time here, Shadow and Abaddon, uh, you look over at her and every now and then her eyes will just be glowing with inspiration as she just like, like scribbles through the entirety of this book. And I think we would, I, I would have just been curious about like all of the underdark things that you would have been like you've placed around here that have been placed around here. I am just going on a hyperfixation spiel. Yes. Word vomiting. Everything my parents have ever taught me about everything in the Underdark. Um, Most of it is probably wrong because it is field research. (laughs) She's also like just pointing at different things in the house. Like there's like this small portion of the house that is built out of this like purple material. She just goes up to it, points at it, and for like 30 minutes is just like shaking her hands at it and explaining (laughs) something to you. This happens continuously throughout the entirety of what's what's going on here. Reminds Uh, me of somebody. Additionally, Hmm. it reminds me of me. Uh, Four very uh, specific people. Yes. Uh, uh, And then additionally, uh, she goes over to the bookshelf and she shows you all of those wood carvings. There's those flumps that you've Mm -hmm. already seen. There's a small, very angry looking Sphirfneblin or a deep gnome, a a gnome that lives under underground. Um, There's a basilisk, a a creature that has eight arms and a long tail. Very not not how it's portrayed in Harry Potter. Uh, It's got these big spines, um, these huge teeth and these sharp claws. It's almost like this big, thick, 
muscular lizard with eight legs. Um, and then we have three orogs, which are basically like gray orcs that are very um, common in the Underdark. Uh, a flail snail, which is like a, it's what? like a normal snail, but it doesn't have eye stalks because it's blind. Uh, it instead has flails on its eye stalks that it beats people to death with. What? That's totally something yes. from like a medieval book. Wonderful. Yes, uh, but there's no re- use Ugh. for eyeballs. <gasps> oh there's no use for eyeballs because it's blind and it can't see in the other dark because it's dark. That's it's part of the name. That's delightful. And uh, it's my favorite, so I spend way more time talking about the flail yeah. snail than any <laughs> other and one. And the, the last like, one mm-hmm. is a cave fisher and it is a... Uh, insectoid creature that has like crab claws and it's got this like silvery carapace and it's uh, saliva and mucus membranes are all this like kind of glowing iridescent blue. I would have much rather that just been a person oh, named boy. Bob that just fishes. No, yeah. no, it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's an insect with like large crab-like claws and almost like a metallic silver carapace and these big long and and it's carved small here but but abaddon as they go through and describe things to you they describe a cave fisher as like a two foot long uh huge insect god isn't it magnificent it's a beautiful creature as uh josh i hate that yeah Ooh, i hate that yes but as shadow yeah shadow's like like, whatever yeah yeah oh wow okay sure wait have you seen them before I might have seen Yeah, I mean, Shadow's probably seen all of these things, actually. Yeah. And from, like, the drawings, it'd just be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not something, like, oddly enough, like, you've never, like, gone up close to any of them to, like, be able to see this detail, but, like, whoever has made these Mm -hmm. has very obviously carved them from detailed, detailed investigation. Sure. Okay. You know, my parents weren't human. Or not, my parents were human. They weren't, they weren't like me, like you. They learned all this stuff out of just pure passion. They weren't even, this wasn't even their, their hair. They just wanted to learn this. It's fantastic. I, I'm amazed that somebody would care enough about something that's so dangerous. It's not necessarily the most habitable place to live in the Underdark. Well, the people at Eden thought her and I were dangerous. But hopefully the rest of the world doesn't see us that way. They can view us as my parents view these Underdark creatures. Fascinating. You hear a a large thwack as her adds a final dot to her notebook with her her pen. Aggressive. The book closes and she stands up swiftly. I want to race. I mean, do you guys want to race? Please. Um please. Can I cheat? Space to race. Oh you you get to cheat. (gasps) There's like a forest outside, right? Is there space to race in this place? I mean how much you, uh, you have I have an unlimited amount of space which is well then perfect. not in the cottage and start walking towards the door you open out towards the door I mean keep in mind this place here is only roughly like a hundred feet by a hundred feet it's not huge I mean you know how to get more stuff in here but you'd have to go outside to bring stuff inside and you could do that and it wouldn't be difficult but 
You can do it. Is this enough space? I mean, yeah. Uh, it Well, it's all covered in pond and trees. It's actually, the only place to race is that curved path that leads around the pond. That's it. We can do it on the track. It'll be fine. Uh, I think. Yeah. I mean, we can do it here. I'm not going to be in the race because I need to cast some spells that I need you guys to Why agree. Why am I racing Shadow? Because I lean in close and I'm just saying, you're going to... I was going to cheat anyway. No, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> I need you not to use your powers. I'm going to do... But, that, but, I, I, wrote, I wrote a really cool spell that I want to use on you guys, okay? Fine. Why are we whispering? <laughs> Hi, Shadow. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but I just will say I'm going to cast individual spells on you both. And... I need you guys to be cool with that. Is that okay? Yeah. Sure. Um, I'm gonna. I'll run the path along, like where the path is, but I will be in the water next to the path. So just to keep it more fair. It I just will... occurred to me that these are both concentration spells. Yeah, but for the rule of cool, it's fine. Okay, Who cares? Okay. I'm gonna bring that up later and be like, enough. um, actually, Alan, <laughs> you let me cast two hundred. Actually, the precedent though? has already been set, so um, <laughs> I should be able to cast both of these at the same time. <laughs> okay. So Shadow has the whole path to run. Yes. <laughs> Shadow yeah. is broad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's fair. I'm gonna need you to not use your portals, and I promise it will be fair. Okay. Fine. <laughs> she she mimics you and is like, fine. <laughs> we will drop you out of this out of this dimension. <laughs> no, you won't. Like it's nothing. No, you won't. You'll just bring me back. Because you like me too much. <laughs> I'm like yeah. jumping around, warming up yeah. and stuff. You just hear this like... As shadows like shocks are like compressing and decompressing. Okay, so I'm going to cast some spells on you guys and I need you guys to right now in your head accept that that's going to happen. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. Okay. You guys, are you ready? <laughs> spell consent. Okay. Spell consent. We like spell consent. We do like spell consent. <laughs> are you guys ready? God, this better not hurt me in it's any way. It's not going to hurt you. I just <laughs> need you to um, be in control when you're really good at that. Okay. Of yourself. And I get myself ready okay. into like a sprinter stance. Yes. Okay. Any marks? Set. Go. And then I cast haste on Abaddon and slow on Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> Both of you roll me wisdom saving throws. Oh. Well, boy. haste is just automatic. Oh, yeah. Shadow, roll me a wisdom saving throw. Oh. I thought if I was like, I'm going to cast this on you and he willingly fails. Oh, yeah. Save, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. So he does fail then. Yeah. You're if right. You, do you choose to fail the save? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> I, I would have just been accepting it regardless. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Abaddon, you just go and you fly around the side of the of the pathway and Shadow is just like taking one step and you just hear this as you get to the end of the pathway it's just and Shadow has taken the very first step I'm gonna fall through the ground and like portal hop back over to where Shadow is you and you run it one more time just another as you fly back around to the other side and then you portal jump again and Shadow has taken two steps at this point. Shadow, you're trying to look over to see Abaddon as it happens, but your head is going so slow that it's very difficult to see. Can I portal jump up onto Shadow's shoulder? 
So I'm just like it's a 40 foot cube. There. So sure. as soon as you enter it, you would just be normal speed. Well, no, 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 no. It, it affects people on cast, oh. not and not continuously in a 40 foot. So I'm just Jeez. I'm just sitting on shadow shoulder. This is a cool one. I like both of these spells. <laughs> you're I, just saying it so violently yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah. Shadow, you this just hear this. I, <laughs> I actually, so a long time ago, I made um, Shadow run so fast that he ran through somebody and they turned into jelly. And I was like, wow, what if I just made that into a spell that I could cast on other people? And so I wrote it down in a book. And then I was like, well, what if I just did the opposite of that and made somebody go so slow that they were just like this? And she just pats Shadow. <laughs> And Shadow so I wrote it is down. taking his third step. Avadon <laughs> looks down at Shadow, who she's on the shoulder, and goes, "You turned someone into jelly. That's really cool." <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, sorry, and I drop slow. Shadow, you trip and you go, and you fall on your face because you're like, "Oh, I didn't expect to, you know, gain physics laws that quickly again." And then you like get back up, and you're like trying to just. Regain composure. Did I? Did I win? Did I go fast? <laughs> mm, the opposite. Yes. <laughs> oh. You won. Yes. I mean, it's like that one story about the the turtle and the rabbit. Ooh. But like the rabbit won this time. What story of the turtle and the rabbit? Wait it's a, a book that I read. Did I read it? I don't think you're telling the truth. Why would I <laughs> shadow? I would never lie to you about games. I would lie to you. One of us Wonderful. tells the truth. The other one lies. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next sentence yeah. is true. The previous sentence was a lie. Discern. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. No, don't make him restart. <laughs> Window shut down. <laughs> <noise>. Yeah. <laughs> Shadow turns off. Goodbye. That's the end of the campaign. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I made, I, I made some new time spells, and mm-hmm. I really ha- I had a lot of fun writing all that down. So if we ever come across people who know how to write down spells real nice, uh, let me know, because I want to I wanna do that again. I like writing. Well, I... I feel like you all spoke very fast at me. I told Avanon that you turned somebody into jelly because I made you go real fast. Yeah. That... Was it gnarly? It went everywhere. (gasps) It was pretty gross. It happened real fast. Sounds cool. (gasps) And you see Galad has started to walk out of the cottage and he just says, Jelly. You're oh. Yes. Shadow, we, we defeated the Oracle. We forgot to tell you. About oh, yeah. She just went. That's why I was able to move. You want to That's tell fantastic you, you for me. Okay, okay, so what happened was we went into Oracle's room and there were screens that had, like, or like there were circles with portals that had pictures of other places in the world and there were, like, a lot of them. And I saw a lot of things and I remember them all. That's besides the point. Um, Oracle was like this big robot lady who was attached to the ceiling, and she came down and she was like, "What are you doing here?" Um, and, what are you doing and, here? And, I should have done that voice yeah. for Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Abaddon tried to slice her in half with a portal. But I didn't, didn't try. No, it to didn't do work. Anything? Well, you don't remember it, but it didn't work the first time. So I reversed time, so you could do it again. <laughs> and then she bisected Oracle in half with a portal, and it was really gross. But then she died immediately. 
Can we have a tally of intentional lies that are structured by her that involve reversing time so that she can sound cooler? I'll just keep. Uh, I'm just. It gonna did keep happen because she rerolled her like four. Oh, and sure. to, no, you're actually right. I, no, that's yeah. totally I'm true. I, yeah, you actually are very true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Why am I the only one that remembered the cool Nat Twenty reroll? <laughs> My <Fuck>. bad. <laughs> I have proof. No, yeah, I'm you're not right. Lying. Yeah, the listeners are probably sitting there like, Alan, you moron. I just <laughs> listened to that episode. It's totally cool for everybody else not to believe it, but I know because I was there. Yeah. I uh I would put my hand on uh Abaddon's shoulder and uh and also hers. Just say, That is fantastic news. Because now what you saw was what every Warforged was seeing. There are a lot of places, just like generally. They are. And by doing that, you have in one sense freed them. 867. We have to reassemble 867. They're not all like you, though. No. So They are, at one point, they are all a person. But did I just take the leash away and release a ton of monsters to their own free will? Well, if they didn't have their own free will, then who's to say that their nature was that they were monsters and that the person controlling them was making them monsters, so now they don't have somebody making them monsters. Maybe they're just really cool. Galad pipes up at this moment, seeing you kind of like stumble into this mental quandary, Abaddon. And he says to you, I think that the real question is, is it better to have them be able to have that choice, or is it better for them to be controlled? Does them making good decisions while being controlled mean that they actually care about those decisions? Allowing them the choice of free will is truthfully a benevolent act, whether they choose to use that benevolence for good or bad. Abaddon's dumbfounded by that and just sitting there taking in new information like wow damn I think like Ted and Bill and Ted when he hears anything <laughs> I'm just like whoa God um, can I walk up to Galad and just be like you're awake uh, he actually at this moment takes his helmet off um, up to this point he's been wearing this kind of gold trimmed helmet that covered the top portion of his face um, and he takes it off, and as he does so, he pulls down the portion of cloth that has been covering the top of his face, and as he does so, you see these, like, large scars that look like claw marks that have just clawed across the top of his face, um, and as he does so, um, you see that his eyes, both of them, have huge gashes across them, um, and, and his eyes have been just completely... Um, lacerated apart and uh, hit as as you start to view him uh, he has this gray skin and um, he keeps his hair very short um, it's buzzed on the sides and there is just like a small amount that is very obviously relatively unkempt under a helmet on the top of it um, and he pulls down the um, uh, the he pulls down the piece of cloth, but then he unsheathes his sword and he kind of holds it under his uh, arm. And as he holds his sword under his arm, 
he kind of puts his helmet on his hip and the sword starts to like glow on the hilt and the helmet starts to glow a little bit as well. And then his eyes start to glow and then he blinks and he says, much better. When he takes out his sword, I just like flinch a little bit. Um, And then I walk up and I say, my name is her. And I hold out my hand and I say, it's nice to meet you. He takes your hand and shakes it, and he just says, Galand. It's nice to meet you. Brother of Gwathren. She looks over at Shadow. That's your name, right? That's my actual name. Shadow was a code name that I unfortunately had to use for years. Code is like this... It's just a literal translation from Elvish. Did you know that? Uh, It's uh, not actually a code name. Really? Gwathryn literally means shadow in Elven. I what? Galad. No. Galad means light. I've been calling you your name this whole time. Wait, your name in, means light? Yes. Would you prefer we refer to you in Elvish? It's Gwathryn. up to you. I know it's a mouthful. Gwathryn. So to, is Abaddon, but I'm asking the words. It's Gwathryn. Shadow. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not good at Elvish. <laughs> Gwali. Gwali. Gwali world. Gwali. It's Gwali and Gally. Gwali and Gally. Oh my gosh, that's cute and adorable. Did your parents name you Light and Shadow intentionally? No, they just thought it would be funny posthumously. Who does is this the first ever like other drow I've seen? Yeah, you've I think you've well, okay, I think actually I take that back. I would say this is the other the only other drow that you've seen whilst not intentionally trying to study drow. Like, your parents studied drow, right? But it was from a purely academic standpoint, and they would very often not interact with them in a friendly manner because many of the drow that you interacted with were pretty hostile, right? Um, Especially in the Underdark, right? Uh, However, this is the first one that you've ever interacted with in a kind and friendly manner that looks like you. Um, I'm going to kind of circle him like a vulture. Mm. Yeah. But not like in the vulture-esque way, in a very... As you do so, you also notice that his ears have been cut. The top tips of his ears have been um, sliced off to remove the tip of them. What is the purpose of this? And I'll kind of gesture towards his... Not like touch it fully, but like reach for it and then like kind of pull my hand back. How tall is Galad? Uh, Galad's probably roughly like five nine. Oh, so, so like you an and Abaddon are shorter than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I like look at it. But he's like, at, like it's very clear that Galad is like a skilled swordsman, mm-hmm. right? But like, yeah, he is. You know, he's a pretty muscular five nine. Y'all are so tall. <laughs> what the heck? No, I'm. I always make my male characters slightly shorter because everybody's like, I'm seven feet tall in D&D. And I'm like, 5'9 is a good height. I like 5'9. I know, but I'm like just 5'3. Let me make my women tall. Yeah. Leave me alone. Just to <laughs> kind of cement in your minds, uh, and I guess also the listener minds, if yeah. you ever run in, into me, Josh, physically, Yeah. I'm 5'9 yeah. and fairly muscular. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's I'm happy. Pretty yeah. much what my brother is. Yes. You're like super exactly. big, though. You're like super strong. Well, yeah. Also, Josh is just like jacked. So I, he's like mm, bodybuilder. <laughs> super strong. I'll take it. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, uh, you can't tell me that you're not. Yeah. Uh, Galad looks back to you, Abaddon, and he says, um, it is very easy to be uncovert when your ears are pointed and easily able to stick out of hats. Noted. And Abaddon's going to kind of make um, kind of like a headband out of moss that covers mm-hmm. the tips of their ears. Sure. Just upon hearing that, be like, oh, I'm going to make myself something yeah. to cover the, the tips of my ears so I don't have yeah. to cut them off. <laughs> There's very obviously been some body modification for Galad to try and make himself be able to be a little bit more covert and some undesired body modification from his eyeballs that have made him had to adapt in other ways. Was that something that I w- would have remembered? Like, no, you've never seen this. Okay. Yeah. What happened to your vision? Tried to find you. Um, Vero Glacian did not like me coming to find you. So it seems that we both have suffered in one way or another for finding each other. Luckily, I was able to make it away with only the loss of my vision, and I was given it back. I, I, I conversed with some um, sympathizing artificers in, um, oh gosh, what was that city's name? I can't remember. Uh, Endymion in Levitica, and they were able to make me this helmet and this sword that, that pair together to give me um, my vision. Seems one of us was a bit more lucky than the other one. Uh, Maybe. It depends on your perspective, I guess. Uh, Why did you... Sorry, go ahead. Why did you leave? Why did I leave? Why did I leave what? You never came back. Oh, from the... From the journey... I discovered that Levitica was doing things that I didn't like, and I didn't want to be a part of it. And I was going to try and find you when you left. But I spent some time in some prisons for anti-Levitican sentiment, and it just so happened that it timed out to when you left and I wasn't given the opportunity to return. And then I did return, and you weren't there. And then I left again, and I went to find you, and it seemed as though fate just had strands of thread weaving in different portions of the tapestry. I didn't like what they were doing with our people, indoctrinating them into being pieces of the war machine. What? I mean, there's a reason that when you leave, the first thing you see is, you know, the machines that Levitica creates, the the big banners, the large, the large symbols. On every corner, you see these giant red flags. You see pieces of Levitica that are supposed to inspire hope, but they back it up with and join the military, and you can keep this place safe. Everything is set up for you, for everyone who leaves that place, 
to go and be a part of whatever they need done, whatever they tell you is correct. And based on what they've done to you, based on what they've done to Abaddon, based on what they've done to her, based on what they did to Droga, it's very clear that whoever decides these things is in the wrong. Why? I just remember going up and we discovered our card game and I didn't even realize that all of those things were being shown to us and I... I love Beast Battlers, but I don't, I don't love the card game. I love it because it was a memory with you I can cherish. He kind of like holds out like this this bag that he has and he pulls out this deck of, of really beat up Beast Battler cards. Yeah. Um, and he opens it up and he, he shows you all of them. Um, and like half of them have Levitican imagery on them. Oh. Right? Yep. Half of the, like one of them is just a vision of of Solara, the Commodus. One of them one of them is Aurelius Redwolf, the creator of Levitica. Like half of these cards are heroes of the country. Kids, kids get these. It's early. I never even knew. I didn't put it together. I I guess I also didn't care either. It was it was fun. I, I think there's there's there is joy in these things. There is something to be said about about helping your country and keeping it safe, but Did you know there's a whole social machine in there designed to get you in? I mean the way that I got in was by <laughs> I was hopping from tavern to tavern searching for any sort of word about where you were and outside of a tavern one night I saw an old man get jumped hmm. and I took what fighting skill I knew hmm. and I tried to save him and it turns out that man was Vintner. He gave me this, and I'd pull out the black coin. Mm-hmm. And he told me to go to the nearest Levitican embassy. And from there, I was in. Because I was trying to find the trail of you. I'm sure that us being... Perhaps fate was not the only puller of strings. They knew I was in prison. They knew it the entire time. Whenever I was in prison, they had knowledge of that. I was in Levitican prisons. I'm not blaming any of this on you. No, no, no. I... I, Shadow, I... I've been doing what I've been doing because I want to make life better for people like us. There are pieces of Levitica that I love. There's home there. There's people there that make a difference. But there are pieces of Levitica that make me marred with sorrow. And I want to fix those things. 
I guess I do too. But I don't know what to do. I think it's a it's a it's a change in heart, yes? I think it's a as you look at things, as you look at them all, just feel is this for me or is this for them? Just think about it for a little while. Act not, but think. Who is this for? Um, I am, I want to say, and he has this smile sprouts across his face. Um, overjoyed to be here with all of you. You all deserve the freedom that you've earned. That place was a prison for people who did not deserve it. My, um, my benefactor, my patron, and I have been, well, I, I would, I think at this point, call ourselves partners. Um, we've been trying to get that place out of the common, out of the ability of its, its current job for a long time. Um, and I am very happy to be able to return to him and tell him that it is gone and that perhaps we can start looking other places to assist people like yourselves. And he kind of gestures over towards her and Abaddon. You Evians don't deserve the things that you have been given. I feel like I have to ask this a lot now. I feel like there's a pattern emerging. Um, who is your boss? Um, can you tell me? Because the last person couldn't and it turned out it was a dragon. Yes. Well, actually, um, uh, this one, his name is Florea. His name is, well, he calls himself the Great Mystic, but it's a, it's a little bit pompous of him to say that. And he also can turn into a dragon. It's a whole thing. I'm worried I'm going to strangle you so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to strangle you. There's context on that that I'll tell you later about. Yeah, for for, for context, Florea was a character I played in a previous campaign. With me. Yeah. And I know where Florea is now. Yeah. I hate you. He has been looking for ways to bring Evians hopefully to a place of home. He's making a place where they can not feel like they're in prison, not feel like they are others. A haven. He's calling it Galavant. Galan. Galavant. That, there's actually no connection there, but I will make fun of him for that next time I see him. It just him. sounds so similar. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I have a question, though. Yes? Do you trust him? I think I haven't seen such genuine desire to assist others in a person before. Because if you're just taking Avians and then moving them to another facility from Eden, I don't really trust that. No, it's not that. It's um, finding them in places where they don't have any will, where they are being stripped of their free will and setting them free and saying, if you would like, we have a place for you. But if where you want to stay is where you are, you can always come home. Do they know about Maxwell? We were hoping to get Maxwell out with you. We're hoping to still be able to save him, and perhaps he will have some ideas on how to further that. Still save him? He... He... Daroga, when... I... 
we didn't we didn't get Maxwell. He was in his cell when everything. I know. Co- I know. I know. He's not dead. But we can find him. How do you know? Before everything happened with Vintner, he issued a command to Cortex to go after the boy. I can't imagine that it was just to trap him while that place exploded. If there is a fate worse than death, it is that. I really hope he touches Cortex and Cortex just fucking explodes. Cortex has been his handler for as long as I was in Eden. I have seen that man maul that child. But at least he's alive. There's a way. There's a possibility of us still being able to assist him. He's not gone. It's a possible possibility. Hope is something that we can all hold on to. Hope is a dangerous flame, if it is falsely lit. For two, for two, I'm the embodiment of that. For too long have I looked at this world as what happens if I fail. I have started in my time looking to help others as, but what if I succeed? I am tired of living in too much care, too much caution. For others that don't have the ability to choose, I want to offer that to them. And for, for Maxwell, he deserves the choice. If Maxwell is still alive, I will do everything I can to help you in that, that he, t- he He holds out his hand as he sees you kind of like start to curl in emotionally on yourself and he opens it up and puts it in front of your your sight line. He removes it from his sword and his eyes stop glowing. It's almost this gesture of vulnerability. I'll, I'll take his hand. He clasps it with the other and he closes his eyes and he just says to you, it's all right. We can't save everyone, but I think this one we can. Then, then let's. What are let's. Go. I I can't I can't advance this this yet. I have to go back and talk to my patron. So when we leave here, just be yourselves for a while. Enjoy the freedom. Earn yourself a few days of. Existing. And then I will return with a possible place, a possible time, places we can go, things we can do. All right? Does that sound like a plan? Live, Abaddon. Live for a moment. Just live. Just be. You've earned that. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, he clasps your hand just a little bit tighter. You know how I'm going to start? I'm excited to see what you do. I'm going to eat something that's not prison food. <laughs> yes! That does sound good, actually. Yes. Let's... He kind of looks around. He says, as much as I love this place, I think we should start moving. Where, where are we? Are we... On another pocket dimension? Um. 
more of a personal pocket dimension. <laughs> personal pocket dimension. Okay. I. My parents used to call this place the pit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Are you all ready? Can we do one more race? Or should we go? But like a fair one this time. <laughs> Oh, shoot, right, I'm the door. Uh, <laughs> yes, you actually have to get us out of here. Uh, where to? You're the door. <laughs> well, I will say, That's funny. Uh, Abaddon, as you know uh, previously, like your portals, when you go into this space, usually end you up back where you were. However, you've noticed that other places, when they collapse, uh, because you've been, you've gotten out of cave systems that have collapsed before, right? You are kind of shunted somewhere nearby, so when you go back, you won't really have a ton of control, but you won't oh. be in danger. All right. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Should we eat something first? Where do you see food in here? Do you not? Can you eat mushrooms? Is that a thing? You can eat mushrooms. You can eat every mushroom at least once. Everything is edible at least one time. This is not comforting at all. If you want to eat the glowing mushroom, I won't stop you, but I, I think this we is... should get someone else's food. Let's, let's. Okay. Okay. All right. It sounds dangerous now. I kind of want to know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Abaddon, what do you do? I open a portal out that is um, it's big enough for shadow sized person to walk through so we can all go through one at a time Okay, you tear open this purple space and anyone who looks at the portal if you kind of like catch the sky behind it you realize that the sky in this place is the same construction as the borders of Abaddon's portals and as you try and like meet the border of the portal and the sky it is the same parallax so if you look at the border of the portal and you match it up with the sky, it's the same, it, it matches perfectly, no matter what angle you look at it from. Huh. And uh, you can very clearly tell that this sky is just the inside of what Abaddon's portals looks like. You open this portal, um, and oddly enough, there's just like greenery beyond it. And you all step through one by one. And as you do so, you end up on a road littered with greenery. The road is paved with stone and it cuts directly through a forest. Trees stretch high into the sky all around you, forming a canopy of sun cover. The day has only just awoken from its nightly slumber. You breathe the air of a fresh morning. Thank you so much for listening this week. We hope you're liking the spliced episodes between both teams. There's so much to cover across Maria right now. Did I say that line right? Oh well, you'll get it. <laughs> A quick moment for shout-outs at the end here. Shout-out to producer Alex. 
You guys might not know, but this show is produced with all of the players and a producer that edits all the episodes for us, and that's Alex. He does such a wonderful job adding in all the music, putting everything together, and especially during these spliced episodes, putting everything together for them. So thank you so much, Alex. You are an incredible part of this team, and you deserve a shout-out for yourself, too. If you would like to be given a shout-out, you can also message us on Facebook and Twitter at Myths of Myria, or send us an email at mythsofmyria at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you so much. Until next time. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. LAS.